All right, so it is, it is true that we normally speak about timeless issues, but we're going to speak about the impeachment process or the impeachment inquiry process that's involved going on right now against Donald Trump, our 45th president. And I got to tell you, I'm not surprised that they're pursuing this because uh, you know the Democrat motto seems to be that desperate times call for desperate measures. And this is definitely a desperate measure. Uh, recall that Pelosi said, I think in May of 2019, that you know we will never pursue um, impeachment because it's so destructive and it will hurt us at the end of the day. And uh, I wouldn't rule it out, but only if it's truly bipartisan. And of course, there's nothing bipartisan about this process. Um, only Democrats voted for this and no Republicans voted whatsoever. Uh, therefore, it's, you can't possibly say that this impeachment inquiry is uh, bipartisan whatsoever. Okay, so they're doing it. You know, it's like a kamikazes, right? Think about it. The kamikazes had no further ammunition. That The whole reason why they did it is not because it was for the glory of Japan that uh, it was a good thing to kill themselves. No, it's because they had nothing else. Uh, they didn't have enough uh, missiles in their system so that when they got, they got to a certain point where they just simply threw their own planes at uh, the battleships, uh, willingly dying uh, because that's all they had. Had they had bombs, you know, they would have used the bombs. <laughs> but instead, the kamikaze missions, because they didn't have any more bombs. That's what's happening here in the impeachment process. The impeachment process is suicidal for the Democrats. It's a last hurrah. It, and Pelosi herself said, look, if we go forward with this process, I understand that we will lose a lot of seats in the House. But it's worth it in order to get rid of this awful, bad orange man. Right? That's, that's her attitude about the whole thing, which is very brave of her. You know, she's willing to sacrifice, sacrifice other people. It's like, it's like the, the general saying, I'm willing to sacrifice a lot of my men. Of course, he's the one who still eats uh, you know, a, a mutton and roast beef and uh, croque messieurs and, and so forth while his men are dying in battle. That's what Pelosi has put herself uh, as a position. I, I, I think that we are seeing... Now, going to the actual impeachment process itself, what we're seeing is so, it's, it's maddening in its own way, that's for sure. It's cartoonish in another, it's kabuki theater, that's the way Ari described it, I think he's right. Uh, the, and there's nothing to this. Now, as a lawyer, I'll, you know, I could speak very easily on this issue. You, you cannot present as evidence somebody's speculation. You cannot present as evidence um, hearsay, where especially it's double hearsay, meaning that you heard it from somebody else who in turn heard it from somebody else and so forth. Or, and you can't hear about opinion, which is a form of conjecture anyway. There's a lot of things. I mean, I, look, a lot of people, I, I assume that my friend Ari here, who's right here now, that, um, that he slept last night, okay, in his home. I assume it. Okay, I don't know it. Tyler Durden doesn't sleep. <laughs> but he may very well have not slept at all. He may have had, uh, you know, he may have slept somewhere else last night, for all I know. How the F do I know? I'm making an assumption that he slept in his own house and that he slept, for that matter. Okay. Or that he had breakfast this morning. I don't know. 
right? But I'm assuming it because, you know, people do that sort of thing. So all you're hearing is that, <laughs> that these, these people are assuming that there was a quid pro quo, not just for the corruption in Ukraine, but that there was a quid pro quo specifically to get dirt on Joe Biden, who would ultimately become a presidential contender in opposition to Donald Trump in, for the 2020 election. Uh, you know, you could assume all you want, but that's all they have. That's it. Nothing. And, and there's not one smoking gun. There's not an email saying, you know, before I give this money, I want to make sure that we get dirt on Joe Biden or anything like that. Not, not, all these implications, all these statements. And, and on the contrary, what we do hear directly, and this is direct testimony, so to speak, is when they say that Donald Trump told them directly, there ain't no quid pro quo. I, there's nothing tied here whatsoever. They make that very clear. And yet somehow there's still a quid pro quo in their minds. So what we are living through Kabuki theater. Now, I say this as a lawyer on the one hand, so I understand that, you know, I see it through the lens of litigation and law and evidence and so forth. So I have to ask myself, to what extent am I not seeing this as, you know, a Joe average citizen? It's hard. It's, it's really hard because, you know, it's like riding a bike. You, you, it's hard to forget how to ride a bike, right? It's hard to, to unsee or unknow certain things that you now know. Like, a, you know, try to tell me uh, that I don't know what the word transportation means, right? I know what it means, but, you know, you can't make me forget what it means. So it's in my blood in, in the sense of, like, I can jump and say, okay, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't jive. The, um, you know, this hearsay stuff, this speculation stuff, this opinion stuff. Um, but then I, I had to think, okay, well, I'm not a Joe American non-lawyer, right? So how do they react? Like whenever I talk to my kids, and you talk to your kids for that, for that matter, Ari, you find yourself saying certain words, and then you stop yourself and you say, um, you know, hey, let, let's Jane, let's say, whenever your kid's his name is Jane, let's say, hey, Jane, uh, did, do you know what the word uh, innocuous means? And then they say, no, <laughs> right? And then you explain, okay, oh, okay, well, I'm glad I, I, I got that. Uh, innocuous means blah, blah, blah. Okay. And so on and so on. Um, or how gravity works or whatever it is. You, you, you find yourself explaining mid-sentence. That's the way I, I wonder about the American, the typical American citizen. You know, I feel like, are you guys getting this? Are you, are you seeing how, how absurd this is? Does this seem fair to you? Does it seem right to you that just because somebody has an opinion that that can be used against the president of the United States to oust him, to not only oust him, but also to take the will of the American people away from them just based upon what they assumed? Does that sound right? Now, the way I just said it, I think is, is convincing and persuasive. Uh, but it takes it away from the legality side of it, the, the litigation side of it, the evidentiary side of it. Uh, so we're going to see this, you know, for what, another four or five days, this this impeachment process, this I impeachment hope. inquiry? I mean, the Trump's poll numbers keep going up with it. <laughs> that's so true. I hope this keeps yeah, yeah. going on. Well, that, that, okay, so, so that's where I'm going. I'm going to how does this impact the average American voter? Right, because at the end of the day, that's all that really matters, yeah. and that, that's what the Democrats are are gunning for. Right, and and, and, and I'm I'm thinking that this 
actually may backfire on them because they are, after all, the party of irony, right? So why, why stop now, yeah. <laughs> right? So, you know, the, the very thing that they think they're doing, you know, it's, it's like in uh, Kung Fu or all the Asian martial arts, the, the principle is use the energy of your opponent against himself, right? So just lead him toward that wall instead of, you know, to your face. Same sort of thing is going to be happening here. I, I think that they are going right against their, this wall. And they're going to find themselves in a position where, A, the American voter is, at best for them, tuning out. This is too highfalutin stuff for them. You I, know, I think it's the opposite. I think it's too lowfalutin, actually. Because no, no. It, it's, it's smarter than that. It's, yeah. it's, it's highfalutin stuff in the sense of, okay, oh, we give aid to different countries. First of all, why do we give aid at all? And then secondly, um, and, and that came out, by the way, in the impeachment process, yeah. that Trump doesn't like giving aid. Um, and then why do we have aid at all? And then why shouldn't we have some sort of conditions upon this aid? Are you, are you telling me that we should just kind of randomly throw money to anybody? Why not give money to Iran, right? We, we don't give um, I mean, we shouldn't um, give to um, Iran. Um, um, we, we have. Um, yeah, I gave money to Iran. I know. I'm talking about now, right? Oh, oh yeah. 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 I'm talking about now. Yeah. Why not? I mean, that, you made such a good point not to interrupt, but that's, that's exactly it. Why do we give aid to countries? So they do what we want them to do. Yes. That's why we do it. I, I th- and they, it's so funny. Someone uh, the other day pointed out something so obvious. I think it was someone on with Mark Levin, which is the whole, I think it was Devin Nunes was on with Mark Levin. And he made the point that the whole prohibitions on bribery as an impeachable offense for an executive or a, an elected official are because you don't want those countries giving money to that person to yes. bribe them based on how they run their policies in America. Right. It's the other way around. Yes. We're totally allowed to bribe other people around the world. <laughs> oh, you mean we can bribe the Chinese and get them to implement the First Amendment in China? Right. Well, they, that? They, want, they want to focus on the idea that there's a there there. Right. Right. Uh, like there's well, there's a whole impeachment process going on. Well, something bad must have happened. I, I assume where there's smoke, there's fire, and uh, you know uh, Trump must have done something bad. Now, of course, with with the Democrats, I mean the, the big 800-pound gorilla is the whole Russian collusion nonsense that happened, and it was such an utter fail. I mean, it's it's really funny. You know, you, you go on YouTube and you see our kids like to watch uh, epic fails, right? Where some guy on a mountain bike or skiing, you know, do something. They they land, you know, they go, they ski right into the chalet and face plant right against a wall or whatever. It's it's to them, it's very funny. And then in the middle of the clip, I I would like to in all these different montages where they have you know mosh moshes uh, what mashups of these different things happening. I would love to see you know Robert Mueller like oh I don't know I've never heard of uh, GPS fusion <laughs> like what's that and and the the, uh, the utter epic epic fail of the Russian collusion investigation right and then move on again to another mountain biking guys uh, you know yeah. fail another or whatever idiot stepping on a rake right exactly yeah. I mean that would be hysterical but the point is like you would, you know we haven't forgotten I know the American voter hasn't forgot about that they haven't forgot about the obstruction madness they haven't forgotten about how they try to go after his financial records, meaning Trump's financial records, the Stormy Daniels uh, madness, and so forth, and nothing came out of it. And and they, and they do they do know one thing, and it happens, and it's constantly reawakening every day for them. What is that I'm talking about? Their pocketbooks. You know, they they still have their job. In fact, they've got their promotions. They've got even better jobs now. Um, uh, everything is working better for everybody. 
And that is something that they won't forget when they come to the 2020 uh, ballot box. Yeah, and they're seeing every place like where we live that's controlled by Democrats are full of vagrants, wandering zombies, excrement and drug paraphernalia, and uh, just sloth everywhere. Oh, and so right. You have to say to yourself, in this I think is, is in the area you're going, which is who is this designed for? What message is it supposed to convey? And what's the effect it's going to have? Because the people you just talked about, those who suddenly have a job, who are prospering, whose factory reopened in their town, they don't care. That's right. They know Trump is the reason that the boot's off their neck. Right. It's the people in the blue states who are stupid enough to believe the media who have to be distracted from the job the blue governance has done to the blue district. Well, look, right? your, your point is exactly right. And, you know, you think about elections, uh, democracy, generally speaking. I, in your mind's eye, the cliche and, and I think the accurate uh, description of, of democracy or the way it works is, hey, look, we've done a lot of good for you. And here's what we did. One, two, three. And if you want more of that, give us four more years or two, two more years or six more years, as the case may be. And everyone says, okay, yeah, good. I mean, it's like a report card, right? Yeah, yeah a I, job review every year. Whatever right? it is. Keep this person are you going to get Yeah, yeah, else? exactly. So yeah. that, that's the way it works. And we are using exactly what you just say. I'm, I'm a little tongue-tied. I got to tell you, San Francisco, Detroit, all those you know, classic liberal cities. And you think like, well, if, if not this, then what? Right? I mean, if, if you can't point to the madness of the liberal cities and how destructive the liberal policies are, then, then what is that cliche that we're talking about in democracy? What, it, it, it doesn't work. Yeah, well, if, we, if we can't get the message out yeah. that your, your policies are, are utterly failing, Democrats, and we can't shine the success of the conservative policies, then, then what is democracy? How does it even work at the end of the day? I mean, it's just, is it a popularity count? I, so... That's what the Democrats are running against. If ever there is a time, if ever there, there was a time that uh, we can showcase, look, they've done nothing for you, and we've done a tremendous amount for you. Uh, this is it. We're right here. Yeah. I mean, Ronald Reagan famously said, all you have to ask yourself is, are you better off now than you were four years ago? That's it. Yeah. And, and he was right, and he was appealing to that classic sense of how democracy works. That's it. And yeah. it, it, it really... It, how basic the is it? The brilliance of liberalism is that. And Left, it, leftism. Le, no, it, well, I'm calling it liberalism now because okay. that's what they called itself. Non-conservatism. Right. Non wrongism is, you know, my word. I don't want mm -hmm. to confuse people. Is, um, you, you started off by saying, how can I unlearn the word transportation? How can I put myself in the metaphorical shoes of the OJ jurors? Right. Right. In so many words. Right. Well, in order to do that, you need to kind of um, just turn on the local news. Right. Watch the information they get. Yeah. And then, I don't blame the victim here. And who's the victim? The victim are the people who, blame, who vote Democrats. And let's leave the voter fraud issues out of this for a moment. Because there yeah. clearly is a little bit of fraud going on, too, in blue areas. Let's just leave that aside. Well, the people in these blue areas are basically being posited with the idea, who are you going to believe, me or your lion eyes? Right. You walk around and your lion eyes are showing you 
the the crap, the homelessness, the dislocation, the vagrancy, the lawlessness, the drugs, right? But you turn on the TV, and everything is Orange Man Dad's fault, right? Right? <clears throat> yeah. So that's on the one hand, and we you said. How do we get this message out? Well, we don't. We can't. Breitbart said, and I remember him saying this. He said, what you have to understand is media is everything. Right. Media is everything. Yeah. And they control it. We, we were talking a couple <clears throat> weeks ago about that story about um, the Jeffrey Epstein story that that Amy Robach or whatever her name is on ABC News revealed. Right. That Project Veritas found. ABC News is technically in competition with CBS News, right? Right. So if a person did a bad job for ABC News, but they work for CBS News, like if you had the Coca-Cola company and I had the Pepsi-Cola company and someone hated Coke so much that they got a job with you right? and then they screwed up your brand and now they work for me, you know what I do? I go, I find them, I give them a raise, a bonus, a promotion. I tell them, now, Johnny, great work. Just don't <laughs> Keep do it, it again. Don't, don't do it again. Right. Right. Okay. Isn't it like a violation almost of antitrust law for the competitor of a gigantic company to fire someone who whistleblowed for the other gigantic company? Right. How CVS fired the person ABC told them to fire? Turned out not even to be the right person. Right? Yes. In the case of Tylenol, remember the Tylenol story you've talked about over I, and over? I, I, I'm fascinated by the yeah. Tylenol story because it, it was such a. It's such a such an emblematic um, uh, watershed moment. Go ahead. Of how corporate responsibility works. You have a terrible thing happen. Someone laces Tylenol with cyanide in 1982. It causes the brand to do a great amount of soul searching. They say, you know what? We're going to find out what happened, and we're going to be better. We're going to start changing our packaging to make it completely tamper-proof. So from this day forward, our customer base base can trust that our product is safer than our competitors and we challenge our competitors to catch up to us. That's right. Brilliant move and the entire industry caught up and they all did it. ABC and CBS the other day, it's as if ABC caught someone poisoning their product and they called up CBS and said, hey, uh, our product is laced with cyanide. You should lace yours with it too. And CBS said, okay, we'll do. <laughs> all right, let's move. No, no, no. no, no. The, the media is feeding people crap about this. This impeachment thing is a crap right. source to feed people crap in the media. And right. it's designed to distract the people who don't know better in these blue districts, orange man bad, rather than the people in red. Well, districts. you don't like, say. Of course, that's exactly right. Of course it is. That's exactly it, it is a distraction effort. It is an attempt to play. Uh, to to people that don't who don't know better and they don't know better as, as a by and large they're waiting for anything the problem for the Democrats among other things and I want to kind of move on to a slightly different topic but off of the the impeachment issue inquiry the problem for the Democrats is and and I, this is a really important distinction it's too complicated it's too long also they they're saying the same thing over and over again people are tuning out of it and you know the this, is, this happens in litigation a lot, by the way, when you're in deposition and, and especially when you're going to go in front of a jury, you think you've got this really great juicy testimony in deposition and you're going to nab uh, this, this guy because he said a double negative, which in turn meant a positive, which, you know, and, and then technically speaking, that meant he wasn't really there at the time of the, of, of the signing of the document. And, you know, who knows? I mean, it's really amazing. 
we we get ourselves all fired up <laughs> and worked up about you know what we think is so important, and then it goes to the jury, and the jury says ah, that wasn't so important. I, I didn't understand that. I mean, it's really and it's very frustrating in, in many ways because you think, but. That's the whole point why we have a, a judge and a jury system is to be able to kind of shift out what the important stuff and not, not important stuff. And, you know, it's amazing. What I think is important oftentimes is not important to somebody else. We have, I have to accept that fact and vice versa. Uh, even when I'm, you know, and, and I have to think objectively here, um, opposing counsel will sometimes bring up something that I think is so highfalutin and so stupid. And... You know, to them, they think it's like the, the ultimate killer, either for their prosecution or their defense, as the case may be. And this is where the Democrats are landing right now. They have gotten so excited about the stupidest, smallest details that are so complicated. And, and we're getting sucked a little into it, too. I mean, I, I love that guy. Oh, God, who's the guy? Uh, Johnson, I think it was, or... Um, you see him all the time. He's one of them. It's not De uh, Denon, um, a Nunes. It's the other guy. But anyway. Um, oh, Jordan. Jordan, yeah, Jim Jordan. He's, he's very good. I really like him. Uh, but then after the impeachment hearings, he starts describing why, how, how absurd this is. And he's right. But he's doing the whole thing, you know, like with the diagrams. And it's all exposition at this point. It's very complicated the way he's describing it. How could this be? We, we learned about this before the fact. And, and, but on September 24th, it, it didn't happen. And, here's a, and I'm with him. I'm with him. I understand what he's saying, but I don't think most people do. But the good news for us is it's so complicated that the average voter has tuned out. They just, they're not interested in this. All they know is that there's an impeachable inquiry going on. They've already made up their minds one way or the other. Either they, they like Donald Trump or they don't like Donald Trump. And, and poll after poll is showing that these impeachment inquiry hearings are doing nothing, nothing to move their needle, whatever their needle might be. It's not convincing uh, uh, independent voters to vote for Donald Trump or vote against him. That's it. Yeah. So it's, it's a big waste of time. And what's going to happen at the end of the day is it's going to hurt the Democrats because it's, you know, one thing is a fact is that they appear to be so focused on him. They, they look like rabid dogs and they can't focus on anything else. And they're certainly not getting anything else done, whatever that, uh, frankly, I like that. I mean, to, to us, it's a great distraction. Oh yeah, government not doing anything. That's We're, good. We're jiggy with that. Yeah. More of this, please. <laughs> more, more of this. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, but uh, you know, come the upcoming uh, campaign season, it means that a lot of the senators, if this were to go to the Senate for a conviction pr process, trial process, um, they're going to be busy having to hear these, uh, this nonsense and, and not be on the, on the campaign trail. So, you know, I'd be pissed off if I was a senator who is, uh, you know, campaigning. So that's, a, that's another big issue. Now, here's the real big point of this and why it's a big nothing burger in the eyes of most uh, voters, and why they're sitting it out. Because it doesn't have to do with something that they understand. Okay, what do I mean? By comparison, the Clinton impeachment hearings were about sex, okay? People understand sex. And lying to the, the voters. And lying about it, Wait, Because, I, you know, I, I agree. lying directly to the voters. I understand. But I, I didn't have sex with that woman. I, I understand. But it's still lying about sex. Okay? I agree with you. And it's I, not something people <clears throat> understand. It's something that people think of 
to the exclusion of almost everything else. Yeah, that 20 times a day. <laughs> so 20 times a day for men, 10 times a day for women. All right. Uh, that's it from my book, some research that I found. Anyway, the point is that whether it's lying, if you were lying about some sort of financial transaction, for example, uh, like you know what, what, whether they put put puts on a, on a stock trade or options, and whether or not that was insider trading at the time, and the law was it was in effect at the time, and then it was retroactive. But could he apply? It, it could be a lie about that too, right? But they wouldn't care because it's the underlying issue that that, that gives rise to the lie that that's more important. So, in the Clinton case, it was about sex. It was about oral sex in particular, under the table, cigars were involved. Uh, kinky sex and uh, the most powerful man on earth and there's Hillary Clinton and uh, you know do I stand by my man and all that sort of stuff and an unlaundered dress but all, the, all that stuff and people understand that because everyone has had sex or at least they're thinking about sex a lot or they're trying to or, or they're trying yeah. it's part of their lives they, they have urges they know it but you know you, you and I may not be interested in, in investing in the stock market you and I may not I, you know what I've never given money to Ukraine, right? And not only that, but I've never put conditions on the money that I didn't give to Ukraine, right? These are things that uh, are not relevant to the to ordinary lives of the average citizen. So they're tuning out. And all they know is that the Democrats are wasting their time, are spending a lot of fire time about it, and they're going to be like the jury I just described, saying, I don't get it. I don't know. So, so we give money to foreign nations. Okay. And what did he do wrong? You said he put a condition on it. Okay. Is that, is that a bad thing? You say it's a bad thing. Okay, whatever. But I, I'm not going to vote against him. That's not going to make move my needle as to use my previous phrase, uh, to just because of that condition aspect of it. And, and then, and where the real nuances are, and this is really what it boils down to were the conditions that, they give up dirt on Joe Biden and the corruption involved there, or that they clean up their corruption problem generally. That's it. That's the real main battlefield. And, it, and you have all these uh, so-called witnesses simply opining, simply giving their opinion, their conjecture that, yeah, we think it's, it was really more uh, an effort to get Biden. Okay, that's, okay, that's whatever. That's your opinion. There are a lot of people who have opinions about me. They don't know jack about me, but they have opinions about me. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Like I'm, I'm sure many, a lot of my opposing counsel, where especially when I win a case against them, uh, which happens a lot, I'm proud to say, they have all sorts of opinions about me. They they feel like oh you know uh, you know he, he played a charade, he uh, hid information from the judge. Uh, they'll say anything in order to make themselves feel better. The same thing is true here. You know, the fact that, that Vid, what is this, Vinman, the, the Ukrainian uh, lieutenant colonel, whatever, uh, had his opinion that this was a quid pro quo for the purpose of getting Joe Biden. Okay, that's his opinion. We can feel that all day long. But that's not what it says in the transcript. That's not even what any of them are saying that Donald Trump told them directly. At, at no point was there any testimony saying by Trump that, uh, that Trump had said, I want to get this Joe Biden. He's a threat to me, uh, and here's a great vehicle by which to get that dirt, uh, you know, corruption and Ukraine, right? Get get that Joe Biden guy, okay? I, 
you know, it's it's breathtaking in, in its evidentiary, the lack of evidence. It's breathtaking in the, the, the way they try to work this up. It's also breathtaking in the sense of how the Democrats don't realize how this can impact them later on, uh, not only for the 2020 election and how it's going to compromise a lot of the people who are now campaigning, but it's going to, it's also going to um, dig up dirt on Joe Biden because if Joe Biden is the nominee, which is possible, then you know what they're going to bring up? You know, that video where Joe Biden said very directly, I have a quid pro quo here. I have a quid pro quo and I got what I want. Yeah. And, 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 and it's right there. Ah. It's, and, and by the way, the, none of the Democrats are saying, are, are defending Joe Biden, saying that this didn't happen. Because they can't. Joe Biden did say it did happen. It's, it's a, it, that's the most direct testimony you can get from the very man who did the, the, the wrong. Yeah. I mean, he's literally saying, I stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Yeah. You don't have to ask anybody else. And, and there's proof of it. I'm not just saying it. You can look it up. Yeah, exactly. It. Wikipedia. Not only that, but I want, you to, I want you to applaud me for my beautiful insight and my deft right. diploma, diplomatic handling of the matter. That's how. Right. My and, deft and, arm twist. Yes, I'm so tough. You know, you, you want to get things done? You talk to Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> well, and, you know, it's, I was thinking about the idea of well, what does winning look like for them and what is, what is working for them look like in this? And it's so obvious there was a um, debate, a presidential debate, the other day. You mean last night? I, I, well, I'm trying to make this evergreen for the listeners. Oh, that's so true. Go okay, with. go ahead. Um, and uh, no one's talking about that because they're talking entirely about the shift show, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, what's the upside for the Democrat Party about that? Is right. because their candidates are a bunch of losers and yeah. freaks and idiots. And the more there's an old uh, saying. The more we're talking about this, the better we are, right? Right. And in this case, it's true. The less you're talking about the Democrat primary mm-hmm. and the more you're talking about the impeachment shift show, the better it is for the Democrats because their field is so atrocious. Yeah. It is atrocious. The other side of it is that, and, and I don't think this can be overstated, the district's the Democrats in leadership come from have a voter base that is, shall we say, radical. Right. And that voter base has been agitating through the people like the squadron. Right. That something must be done. And so there was an enormous amount of political pressure which within the Antifa wing of the Democrat Party to do this. Didn't matter whether it's right or wrong. They had to see it done. And people like Pelosi understand that their seats are in danger, not from a Republican voter base in San Francisco, but from a radicalized Antifa-Democrat base right. that could very easily trot out a leading you know, member of uh, you know, some domestic terrorist hippie group in San Francisco and primary her. Well, look, to, 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 yeah, to, to make it very simple, it's like the kamikazes. That's yeah. the end of the day. That's what we're talking about. They, they have no, I mean, the, the Antifa wing of the party, I like the way you describe it, uh, basically is, is agitating, saying, look, we got to throw ourselves on the battleship. Um, damn the torpedoes. In fact, there are no more torpedoes, so to speak. Yeah. And we're just going to throw ourselves 
uh, you know, for that matter, it's like the, um, the infants, the children that Saddam Hussein threw at the Iranians and vice versa, by the way. Right, or the Shahids. Right, in, in, in order to, um, to, for the greater glory of saving uh, the country or their cause, whatever that case may be. That's what they do. Right. And, and they soften up the so. they soften up the enemy or whatever it is, and yes. that's the way they feel. And I guess I'll stick to the kamikaze metaphor, because their cause is so important. It is so important to destroy this battleship, the Trump battleship, that uh, it is worth losing our good pilots and our planes uh, for the sake of you know hopefully destroying this this uh, this evil you know bad orange man battleship. That's what we're having. That's what we're seeing here. That's it, pure and simple. And Pelosi is the, the the director or the general, whatever you want, from her side, you know, commanding her troops to do exactly that and telling them this is for your greater glory. And they they proudly go ahead and do it. Yeah, and have you noticed that Snooky Cortez has been attacking old Nancy lately? Yes. Understand? Because remember, Talib, Omar, Cortez. Uh, have all been um, Snooky Cortez, that's my name for her, has been agitating for the impeachment all this time, and they were attacking Pelosi for not doing it. Right. Even though Pelosi said there's no grounds, I'm not going to support Pelosi damn well knew politically this don't play in the districts that swung them the House. You know, right. those, those conservative-leaning districts that just happened to vote Democrat. Right. And, you know, bum, you know what, wherever. But the Cortez people, they don't care, and they don't play, and Antifa responds to them. Those are the violent activists on the ground that can swing a district like well, that. Well, yeah, you know, it, the funny thing is they, just talk, elected the they, talk about, they talk about how polarized the nation is. But, in fact, the, polar, the polarity, the greatest polarity is, yes. is within the Democrat Party itself. You know, like you said, the Antifa Party and the old wing, you know, even Nancy Pelosi. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, hate, I hesitate to call her a moderate because she ain't, but she's a hell of a— I mean, she looks like uh, George Washington compared to— uh, Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, she's not a, a, a moderate. She's not conservative, but she's old guard establishment. Yeah. She's old blood. Right, old blood, for sure. And that is the, that's the polarity that's fighting. I mean, it's huge. Now, AOC herself has recently said, and it was caught on video, um, that we've got to do something. We are in for such a disaster in 2020 unless we do this impeachment process. And that's our only hope, so to speak. I mean, they... they they see, it's like Star Wars, right? You know, help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our, our last hope or whatever. And that's, that's the way they perceive the, the situation. I think, I think they're correct. I think that is their last hope. This is their only hope to lob this impeachment inquiry, you know, despite the fact that it's going to be so damaging to their own party. They may have really just bitten off more than they can chew. They're going to be sending too many kamikazes into, uh, into this battleship. And they're going to come out of this really hurt, right. whether they realize it or not. Yeah. Now, if it were about sex, like it was about Bill Clinton, they would have a better shot. It's not about sex. Uh, it's about something that is... It's not even about financial improprieties. It's not about stealing money. People can understand that, by the way. They do, they do understand yeah, the fraud. They do understand fraud, and they do understand sex. Right. But, but they don't understand these highfalutin 
aspects that are not part of their lives whatsoever, such as giving money to a foreign country, conditions or not. They don't even understand that at all. You're talking about like moving part diplomacy. Yes. Complications. They don't get it. Yeah, but you, you, we all can see clearly it's not designed to work. Understand? Right. It's not designed to remove them from office. It's designed to do those things we talked about a minute ago, appease this base and distract from this terrible field. And it's not even designed to necessarily win the 2020 presidential election. It's designed to appease some forces on the way to the 2020 election. I think they've clearly decided that they... You know how um, we have a little email uh, or text messaging chain, Barack and I and a few other friends, and I'm running what I call the over-under odds on the 2020 election, which is... Very simple. It's the number of states uh, I think Trump is going to win. And my baseline, the baseline spread on this football game is 45 states. Okay, that's my uh, opening number. But the point spread on a football game shifts during the week based on injury reports, etc. Right? Right. Sure. So... My point spread on number of states Trump is going to win. Can I, can, I, can I say it for you? Go ahead. Between 45 and 49. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it fluctuates depending on how much, essentially, Elizabeth Warren is speaking and how high or low her poll numbers go within the Democrat You know, party. yeah, it's funny because we're, we are on this text chain and there are a couple of other people the that say... The way you said it sounds like sex chain, not text chain. <laughs> text change, sorry. <laughs> my jaw surgery sometimes uh, still, still <laughs> twists my words a little bit here. You're a little too honest with them. That's right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, the text chain is such that th- there are a couple of guys uh, on our, our chain that say, oh come on, you're crazy. You can't, you can't uh, say that he's going to win. In order for it to be 49 states, you know, there are a couple of times California, where you said York, so you have like to, that. you have to win California, Illinois, and New York, and yeah. the and Massachusetts, this is an of course. And, not in or. It's right, right, an and. It's right, right. This and that, and this and right. that. Right. right. And, and Ari is sticking to his guns, and I love it. You know, for, for I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's not just my hopeful, wishful thinking. Uh, but he makes a good point, and he's constantly saying, you know, guys, this is a big deal, and you don't realize how much more uh, the wind is, is at our back. But, uh, you didn't say those exact words, but that's the essence of your argument. And look, and I want to talk about this because at the end of the day, what really matters are the battleground states, right? Yeah. At the end of the day. Now, the battleground states are going to grow more and more because, and, and that's good for us because the more battleground states there are, um, at least that, it always means that it's shifting from a blue state to a red state or a purple state in our favor. So that's good. So if, if something's in play, let's say uh, if California, which is normally never in play in the past 20 or 25 years, uh, now suddenly comes into play, you know, that's, that's awesome. It means, by the way, that we win all of the, battle, the, the, the traditional battleground states. Yeah, it means Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, and so on. are all in our favor. And, and but wait, 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 wait. I, oh, I want to talk about a poll that yeah. just came out, and you, you presented it to all right. of us. And this was from the uh, Marquette Law School, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, which is not known to be just a conservative that bias. Is not, that is not Hillsdale College. Right, exactly okay. right. Yeah, <laughs> so. Bob Jones would say, <laughs> this it, is Marquette. And this is on, I think, Wisconsin. Yeah. All yeah. the, the how how Trump would fare against the top four or five present presidential candidates on the Democrat side. Yeah, but a gag war and it's right, and he wins handily. <laughs> All of them. I think that the, the the most narrow spread was two percent points, two percentage points. 
uh, as I, I forget who. Yeah, that was Biden in the lead, but that's right. take into account that most people haven't seen what a mess Joe Biden is. Forget the Hunter thing. Right. If any of you saw the debate last night, the guy has lost his verbal capacity. I know. It's, which is an important skill for a presidential candidate to retain during the campaign, just so you know. Right, because at some points, if, God forbid, well, somebody's going to get the nomination. So so let's say Joe Biden, frankly, I kind of want him to get the, the nomination. Somebody's going to get it, right? I, I'd rather it be him. If Joe Biden gets it, then he's going to have to be in front of the cameras. At some point, uh, he, he can't he can't hide away from the cameras anymore. He's going to have to give speech upon speech, and it's all just going to f- fall apart on him. He's going to be confronted, and he won't be able to give a meaningful answer. He's going to forget his stories, all the things that we know we know about Joe Biden. So yes, your point is well taken that the the apparent gap now between Trump and Biden is going to only widen all the more, especially in the uh, battleground states. So so this is really bad news for the Democrats. I know that they are doing the internal polling that they now have because it should matter what it is in the national polling. We still have an electoral 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 college that decides uh, who becomes president. And that's the way it is. They don't have to like it, but that's the way it is. And so all that matters is how are the voters voting in Wisconsin, Ohio, Florida, and so on. And if you can't get those states, you lose. It doesn't matter how many people vote, generally speaking, or think highly of Buttigieg in California or uh, you know, nationally, for that matter. It matters only in these battleground states. We are going to win this this reelection. Yeah, and it's a minimum of forty five, but we could win those other four of those other five, I think. Yeah. And uh, this show, this episode we're doing is not about the reasons, but I'll give you a quick one. California, the last time there was a massive electoral electrical, <laughs> not electoral, electrical <laughs> yes. disruption, right. it resulted in the recalling of the Democrat elected governor. It was that bad, and. Uh, fire season and the electrical outages that go with it happens in the fall, and next year the presidential election happens in the <laughs> the fall. fall. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine if things break right for Trump, right around the last two weeks before election day, California is hit with these massive power outages out of whatever reason the government here decides, and that's down the second year of it, and the voters are pissed and could. That way, so so there's some analysis like that, but the main reason is because the Democrat candidates are so vile. Now they're hideous, and the more Elizabeth Warren talks, the more people don't want her to be president, and that's an incredibly great quality, and that's why she's my choice. <laughs> now I was terribly disappointed that that Beto O'Rourke left the field. You know, Robert Francis, the Lucky Charms Leprechaun O'Rourke. I mean, I thought he was fabulous for our cause. But every one of these people has a... um, And there's a a very quick point about this. There's a force multiplier effect in this. In that, if you have one good candidate and a bunch of bad candidates, let's just say um, you have um, a Ronald Reagan in the field and a bunch of... um, you know, um, John Connolly's from 1980. Those are names that mean nothing yeah, to listen to. Move on to your point. But the point is, they all coalesce around the good candidate, and no one holds the good candidate to our account for a few jokers in the mix. Right. But in the Democrat field this year, it's a wonderful... Um, Kerfuffle. Yeah, it's a wonderful... <laughs> um, uh, uh, 
potpourri. I guess you'd call it uh, hodgepodge. <laughs> Clown car. Clinical mass of terrible, and each candidate makes all the others worse. Oh, it's it's a so true. So, so here, you here's nominate a Warren. I here, think you got forty nine states here. Here's the thing, that it, whether it's even forty states, yeah. it's still such a disaster for the Democrat Party. Look, and, and AOC was correct. It will be a, a disaster in the sense that. Trump will win, but but what does she mean when she says disaster? Here's my theory, and I think I'm right. I think the Democrats know that Trump is going to win. They know. They know they can't win a conviction. This this is all designed to weaken him at best, and even that will backfire. But that's another thing. Let's let's say they, they go forward and it somehow weakens him. That's their main goal here, because the real purpose of all this is to make sure that when Trump wins, he doesn't win by this much. Right. You know, my arms are now, you know, sailing to the sky. Um, versus, you know, you know, just uh, between my my thumb and my uh, my index finger. I, it's it's that's what they want. They want a tiny victory or a relatively small victory. So we can't we can't say, oh my gosh, you guys got slaughtered. Yeah, he's I mean, got a mandate to rule now. He's got a mandate, yeah. and they, they don't want that. They certainly don't want that. They, they it, The margin of victory matters to them a lot, and that's what they're going for. They know he's going to win, and that's the disaster that they are they're trying to avoid. It's not just his victory, but the scale of his victory, and it's going to be big. I, I'm with Ari on this. I think that we uh, are going to have so many surprises in states that you would never would have thought he could win. Now, what is the one state that will go for uh, whoever the Democrat candidate is? Uh, Rhode Island. Okay, that's what I was going to say, too. Rhode Island, yeah. And, and that's important because it has exactly how many? Three electoral right. votes. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, Ari? 570 to 3. Yeah, the, the minimum, right? The minimum of electoral votes uh, for any given state. So, so what would that be? What would be the electoral? I mean, electoral college is how many votes? Um, I think there's five seventy. So I, I think you have to win two seventy three to win something like that. Anyway, can you imagine five seventy seven to three? It would be. It's just such a, a, a breathtaking, beautiful destruction of the Democrat Party, and I think. I think it would destroy the Democrat Party. Yeah. I mean, look, people always talk about the demise of the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. I get that. But a, a vote like that would be such a rejection of the present Democrat agenda, whether that's socialism, whether that's the, uh, the so-called the pay gap, the so-called pay gap between men and women, the transgender issue and all that stuff. It would be such a complete rebuke of all of that that it would basically force the Democrat Party to say, who are we? We, can't, we have to completely change. In fact, a whole new party would have to be born. At the very least, if it wouldn't kill the Democrat Party, it would cause a, a viable party to arise. Well, the party would retain its name, but it would change personnel. And this, I've been talking about this with you on this podcast for years. The hope is that the Democrat Party would look like the party of Mitt Romney, John McCain, and those kind of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Bloomberg's a perfect example. And if we had a, a Republican Party composed of the Trumps and the Cruises and the Rand Pauls in this world, and its opposition was a Democrat Party full of moderate technocrats, well, I would not have a worry at night that, God forbid, the Democrat Party won an election here and there. Right. right? You'd have a party where you'd have a conservative thrust to the country, 
the, the Democrat Party would at most times compromise with it, and it sometimes hold out for a little less conservatism. Right. There wouldn't be a polarity between communism and uh, a constitutionalism. It would be a polarity between constitutionalism and a little less constitutionalism. All right. And so in that kind of wipeout right. is the hope that you would then have people like Romney go in. And the, there would be a Democrat Party in name. It would just be populated by different people. And I, that's I, I agree. I think we're going to wrap up the, uh, the session now. But I, I'll tell you this. I, I want to leave this with a grammar lesson. It's an important grammar lesson. I, I know we talk about a lot about politics and everything else. But grammar is very important because we believe in standards, right? So today, yeah, well, it's true. <laughs> so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out some things, and you correct me from the grammar, okay? So okay. it's uh, irregardless. It's not irregardless of the weather. It's regardless of the weather. Correct. It's not, I ain't got no money. It's I am poor. Or I have no money. I have no okay, money. Right. Uh, <laughs> It's not, um, you know, France and its history with, uh, with an apostrophe and the it's. It's France's history. Right. Uh, or, Fran or France and its without the uh, apostrophe. Oh, France right? and its history. Right. Okay. It's not uh, Epstein killed himself. It's... <laughs> I can't breathe! <laughs> Right. How could you? It's <laughs> that? Yes, that's the correct answer to that. I hope you've enjoyed our grammar lesson for today. Oh, I think I've, I think he just found Seth Rich too. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or we would have also expect, accepted they killed Epstein. <laughs> okay. All right. With that in mind, uh, thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. Bye.